Hi, guys. Welcome. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. So what we're going to talk about today on the show, I'm sure you guys saw the videos from Boston Children's Hospital, right? The ones where doctors were talking about how they trans children, the surgeries that they perform on children, and how early children know that they're transgender. Libs of TikTok, kudos to her. She does fantastic work, obviously. She's the one who got these to go viral. She actually got the videos, or she got Boston Children to respond to the videos going viral on, on children. They actually, their GEMS clinic, which is their gender clinic, actually engaged in stealth editing of their website to try to counter some of the news articles, the reporting on what they do that for some reason they didn't like. So all those videos, that's actually not what we're going to talk about today. Well, not what I want to talk about. Well, kind of. It kind of is. Ever since I saw these videos go viral, I can't stop thinking about them. And so I've been doing research because there's an, a huge unanswered question associated with these videos. And this, my question is, who exactly is behind this? Like, we know that it's the Boston Children's Gender Clinic. We know that these individual doctors made the videos. We know where the ideology of transgenderism comes from. It comes from queer theory, which is a Marxist critical theory. But how did it become so ingrained in the medical field of all places? Where is the money coming from that funds places like this gender clinic? Who, as an individual or what group, coordinates the dissemination of this across the country? And I, I'm talking particularly in medicine, even putting the infiltration of our education system aside for a second, because I, I, this would never happen organically. The spread of something like this would never just catch fire and spread across the country. There has to be a coordinated and a funded strategy. So I spent a little time digging a little time researching. And by a little time, I mean, since I saw those videos on the weekend. So half of the week I've researched and I wanna walk you through today what I found. So let's dig in. Okay, so I like Bambi because I understand how difficult HR can be for small business owners. Let me ask you this. Small business owners, have you ever had an issue with employee attendance? Have you ever had an employee altercation in the workplace? Have you ever been confused on how to handle a situation with an employee? The bad news is that one complaint against your company can turn your whole world upside down. The good news is Bambi is here to help small business owners implement good HR practices. Bambi is an HR platform built for businesses just like yours so that you can automate the most important HR practices and you get your own dedicated HR manager. This is how it works. First, Bambi's HR autopilot automates your core policies like workplace training and employee feedback. Then your dedicated HR manager will help you navigate the more complex parts of HR and guide you to compliance. They're available by phone, email, or real-time chat. As you know, an in-house HR manager can cost like $80,000 a year. Who can afford that? But with Bambi, your dedicated HR manager starts at just $99 a month. No hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. You run your business. Let Bambi run your HR. Go to Bambi.com slash Liz right now for your free HR audit. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot -E com slash Liz. Bambi.com slash Liz. Also, 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 by the way, before we get to the Boston Children's and what's behind that and where the money comes from and who exactly is sponsoring all of this. Also, Liz Cheney lost. Liz Cheney, ding dong, the witch is dead. The wicked witch is dead. I feel like we should have 
played that video from The Wizard of Oz here. Liz Cheney lost her primary by 35 points. This was not, this was not a small loss. This was, I think, the dictionary definition of a drubbing. A drubbing, it's going to be, bam, Liz Cheney's face. Um, Liz Cheney's face in that dictionary. This is so fantastic. This is so fantastic for our movement. It's so fantastic for our country. It's something that Liz Cheney has earned. This is a defeat that she richly deserved. And I could not get past her own concession speech. I don't know if you saw the speech that she gave after she lost, but it, it shows a woman completely disconnected from reality, completely clueless as to what the American people care about, and completely dismissive of the truth. This is Liz Cheney saying that her loss was really a victory. Two years ago, I won this primary with 73% of the vote. I could easily have done the same again. The path was clear. But it would have required that I go along with President Trump's lie about the 2020 election. It would have required that I enable his ongoing efforts to unravel our democratic system and attack the foundations of our republic. That was a path I could not and would not take. Imagine being so obsessed with Trump that your entire life revolves around your hatred of him. Do you ever sit here and wonder why exactly she hates Trump the way that she hates Trump? Because I wonder that. When someone is so fully obsessed with Trump that they behave the way that she behaves, just an embarrassment to yourself, an embarrassment to your family, an embarrassment to your country, why does she hate Trump the way that, the way that she does? My opinion on why she hates Trump is that Trump killed Bushism. He absolutely decimated Bush's foreign policy. And people forget that during the Bush years, when Bush was waging these wars, most people blamed Cheney for Bush's foreign policy. Now Trump just doesn't bother with, or he didn't bother with Dick Cheney when he was decimating Bush during, during 2016 and during his campaign and during his administration when he was realigning American foreign policy with, well, what it should be, America first foreign policy. Trump killed Bush's legacy and therefore killed Cheney's legacy and Cheney's future. So he killed Dick Cheney's legacy, which would have been Liz Cheney's future. So it's kind of personal, don't you think? But imagine being that bitter that you would be so co-opted by somebody not liking your family or not liking your politics. She's so awful. I also think she's just not a smart person. And I don't say this as an ad hominem. I say this objectively analyzing her behavior. She doesn't think, from her, she doesn't think for herself. She's actually dumb. She basically just does what her father thinks. The January 6th committee is an embarrassment to our nation. She has trotted out lie after lie after lie she trotted out witnesses like Cassidy Hutchinson, whose ridiculous, absurd stories about Trump grabbing the wheel and the beast were debunked within like two seconds. And then she stands by Cassidy Hutchinson, even though Cassidy Hutchinson was thoroughly embarrassed too. Ding dong, the witch is dead. I, I take no shame whatsoever in celebrating the loss, her political loss. I hope that her political career is over. I think she's now trying to run for, I can't even say this without laughing, for president. The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. Lincoln ultimately prevailed, he saved our union, and he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history. Speaking at Gettysburg, 
of the great task remaining before us, Lincoln said that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from this earth. As we meet here tonight, that remains our greatest and most important task. Most of world history is a story of violent conflict, of servitude and suffering. Liz Cheney Lincoln, that's what she's going to be known by. <laughs> goodbye, Liz. Goodbye. Uh, do not let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, as my grandfather sometimes says. Ding dong, the witch is dead. I will be celebrating this all week. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please do go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and click subscribe on the Liz Wheeler Show. You can also find me at Liz Wheeler Show on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button there. Also hit the bell on YouTube so that you are notified every time a new episode or a new video is available to you. Okay, so let's talk about the Boston Children's Hospital videos that went viral because libs of TikTok pulled them off of the YouTube account of Boston Children's Hospital. I personally think it's hilarious that Boston Children's stealth edited their website after this went viral, after all this attention started coming into their hospital, because people were asking, well, what do you do at this gender clinic? Do you perform surgeries on children? Do you for perform these horrible bodily mutilation, experimental non-curative surgeries on minors, these irreversible surgeries. And Boston Children's changed their website. They made it a little more euphemism and a little bit less honest. And I thought, I thought to myself, what are they ashamed of? Why would they edit this? Do they think that they're doing something wrong? Oh, maybe that is the problem. Maybe that's the case. Maybe they do think that what they're doing is wrong. Maybe they understand that what they're doing is actually evil when they are mutilating the bodies of perfectly healthy children. If you don't think that what you're doing is wrong, then you should stand by it. You shouldn't stealth edit your website. But there's a dichotomy here between their actions, what they're inflicting, imposing on children in the name of gender ideology, and the fact that they seem to be ashamed of it. They seem not to want people to know what they're doing. Hmm, shady, shady. They also claimed, by the way, Boston Children's claimed that they were receiving increased threats and that they had to beef up security because conservatives, anti-LGBTQ people, as they said, were issuing threats. But a whistleblower on the inside of Boston Children's said, that's not true. We have not seen anything about threats. There have been no increased security. There's been no communication from the administration of the hospital to employees. That's all just PR. Nonetheless, the left is yelling at libs of TikTok. This is from uh, Brandy Zedronzi who says the new wave of abuse aimed at doctors at a children's hospital comes from a familiar source, a hateful, a handful of anti-LGBT accounts like libs of TikTok and far-right media personalities who've been behind recent campaigns targeting LGBTQ people, equating them with child predators. So this to me is very telling because what did libs of TikTok do? She posted these videos and yes, they went viral. And where did she get these videos? She got these videos from the website, the YouTube account, actually, of Boston Children's Hospital. So how is this anti-LGBTQ hate? This content was created by Boston Children's Hospital. Do you stand by it or do you not stand by it? Your words. She's just reposting your words. But this is what the left doesn't want people to see. They only want people to see it 
if people are going to adhere to the radical leftist ideology. These are, these are the videos. First, I want to talk to you about Incogni. I like Incogni because now more than ever, I do not want anybody tracking my online activity. Two things that are really important to me online are my safety and my privacy. That's why I like Incogni. Thousands of companies are collecting, aggregating, and trading your personal data without you knowing anything about it. The good news is you have the right to request data brokers to delete what information they have about you and protect your privacy. The bad news is, is it would take you years to do it manually yourself. The best news is Incogni can do the messy work for you automatically. Incogni helps you protect your privacy and take your personal data off the market by reaching out to data brokers on your behalf, requesting your personal data removal, and then dealing with their inevitable objections. Most often, these data brokers hold your name, your email address, your home address, your phone number, the names of your relatives even, your social security number, your employment history, your shopping habits. Yeah, I told you it was creepy. You need Incogni. I love it, and I know you will too. The first 100 people to use my URL, it's incogni.com slash Liz Wheeler, and use my promo code, Liz Wheeler, get 20% off Incogni. Protect your privacy today. It's really important. Go to incogni.com slash Liz Wheeler and use code Liz Wheeler to take your personal data off the market. Today's video is sponsored by Incogni. In the first video that Libs of TikTok made go viral on Twitter, a doctor at Boston Children's Gender Clinic says that they treat, quote unquote, treat children, help them transition, trans them as young as two and three years old. So most of the patients that we have in the GEMS clinic actually know their gender, usually around the age of puberty, but a good portion of children do know as early as seemingly from the womb, and they will usually express their gender identity as very young children, some as soon as they can talk. They might say phrases such as, I'm a girl, or I'm a boy, or I'm going to be a woman, or I'm going to be a mom. Kids know very, very early. So in the GEMS clinic, we see a variety of young children all the way down to ages two and three, and usually up to the ages of nine. When they come into the clinic, they'll see one of our psychologists and we'll be talking to them about their gender, we'll be talking to their family about how to best support that child and how to make sure that that child has the space and support to explore their gender and uh, do well throughout their development. And we'll be answering any parent questions. A lot of parents do have questions and so we answer those questions. The biggest piece of advice I give parents uh, who are coming through the gender clinic at Boston Children's Hospital is to just be supportive. Um, Sometimes you might not understand, sometimes you feel like you don't know the terms or you don't kind of get exactly what the child means when they say that they might be this gender, but the biggest thing you can do is just love your child and support them and just allow them to express themselves. That's the biggest protector as well against negative mental health effects such as depression, suicidality, anxiety that we worry about for our gender diverse kids and young adults. So that support from a parent is one of the best protective factors and one of the best things they can do. I remember once reading that the devil isn't a a hideous beast with horns on his head and warts all over his body. That the devil is actually the most attractive being that you could possibly imagine. Sexy, handsome, tempting. Because otherwise, if the devil wasn't attractive and wasn't appealing, everyone would reject the hideous beast. And when I see a video like that, that's what I think of. This is evil packaged as love. But really, it's the opposite of love. I mean, when you talk about two-year-olds and three-year-olds and nine-year-olds in these gender clinics, it's not even a matter of, oh, children are children, and because they're children, they can't consent to bodily mutilation, and parents shouldn't be allowed to inflict this on their children. First of all, there's no such thing as 
being transgender. There is gender dysphoria. It's a psychiatric diagnosis. But mutilating your body does not turn you into the opposite gender. So this is not even a matter of children being unable to consent to this and parents abusing their dominion over their children to quote unquote consent on their behalf. What we heard in this video is emotional blackmail. Telling parents that if they don't cooperate with the gender clinic, with this ideology, that it's going to be their fault when their children commit suicide. There's no other medical treatment that is built on this same evil justification. And what's going to happen is parents are going to end up fearing taking their children to any kind of doctor because what this woman in this video is doing is creating a situation where the parent is looked at as being abusive if they don't cooperate with transing their child. If your lack of support, as she created this premise, if a parent's lack of support causes a child to commit suicide, then that parent not cooperating with transing their child will very easily be painted as being abusive. And what happens when a parent is abusing their child is that, that justifies the state stepping in to investigate and possibly seizing custody of that child. And so what's going to inevitably happen is parents are going to fear taking their kid to any doctor, specifically if their child has a mental health issue, because the medical industry is painting dissenting parents, parents who believe in biology and science, as being abusive parents, which could lead to the parents losing their children to these radical leftists. Another doctor is telling parents in these videos what signs in young children are indicative of that child being transgender. A child will often know that they are transgender from the moment that they have any ability to express themselves, and parents will often tell us this. We have parents who tell us that their kids, they knew from the minute they were born practically, and actions like refusing to get a haircut or standing to urinate, trying to stand to urinate, refusing to stand to urinate, trying on siblings' clothing, uh, playing with the quote opposite gender toys, things like that. There is more and more a group of adolescents that we are seeing that really are coming to the realization that they might be trans or gender diverse a little bit later on in their life. So what we're seeing from them is that they always sort of knew something was maybe off and didn't have the understanding to know that they might be trans or have a different gender identity than the one they had been assigned. So that is a, a growing population that, they are, that we are seeing and that's being recognized as being trans and able to be treated. Can you imagine if every child who resisted a haircut or every child who played with the opposite gender toys was considered transgender? Literally every single toddler. This is all toddlers. So are they saying that all toddlers are trans? Well, that's actually, I'm not saying that in a pithy manner. That's actually the point, right? They want every single toddler to be gender neutral because that's the only way that they can destroy objective reality, that they can destroy gender, is if every single person is a part of this. Every single, not, not just adult, not just adult embracing an ideology, 
not just adolescent being indoctrinated in it, but every toddler being raised and reared as if gender is a social construct, as if there is no such thing as gender, as if their body and their DNA mean nothing, as if they can simply choose whether they're a boy or a girl. This is literally the point. She gives it away here. Then these doctors talk about what follows, what they do in response to these toddlers and young people and adolescents suffering from gender dysphoria, or not, maybe they're just toddlers who said, hey, I'm a boy. Oh, you're a girl. Or I don't want a haircut. Every little boy in the country has resisted a haircut. This is what the doctors do in response to this. Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus. Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophorectomy. And not every gender-affirming hysterectomy includes that, and people who are getting gender-affirming hysterectomies do not have to have their ovaries removed. This is literal child abuse. These doctors belong in prison. This is intentional mutilation of a perfectly healthy body. This violates every tenant of medicine that every doctor in the history of the world has ever promised, taken a vow, adhered to, except doctors who have experimented on people for their own evil intentions. This is like unspeakable. But it's very interesting that you hear her say that they take out your uterus, which, by the way, has other terrible, I don't even want to say side effects because it's repercussions. Your chances of cancer, your chances of Alzheimer's increase drastically after a hysterectomy. But you notice how they say, well, it's not the ovaries that are always removed. The distinction that she makes there is not accidental. It's very intentional because the fertility industry which is also largely unethical, wants you to freeze your eggs, to pay tens of thousands of dollars to do this, and then to pay additional tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for surrogacy. So they profit off of destroying your fertility, but they leave the ovaries in there so that they can profit again off of your desire to have children because it's an innate desire in all of us. That's what they do to girls. This is what they do to boys. A phalloplasty is a procedure to uh, basically create uh, uh, a penis or a phallus for uh, an individual who was born biological female and who seeks transition to uh, a male uh, gender. The procedure is done with plastic surgeons and urologists. The urologists manipulate the tissues in the surrounding area to lengthen the urethra. A new scrotum is created, and uh, some of the anatomical parts of uh, the female anatomy are removed. The plastic surgeons are in charge of creating a new tissue that will ultimately meet the lengthened urethra and the additional tissue that's been moved to uh, create uh, the uh, neophallus. We typically utilize tissue from elsewhere for example, the forearm or the thigh is used. The plastic surgeons are also responsible for uh, providing sensation by doing the nerve coaptation so that the new phallus will have sensation. 
and also responsible for reestablishing the blood supply and also to shape it in a way that appears more um, physiologically and anatomically um, like a natural one. These doctors should be institutionalized. They're mutilating people who suffer from mental health issues and they're the ones who should be institutionalized for severe mental health issues. They're playing God. They're harming other people. It's so, it's so awful. How did this happen? How did this become a thing in our medical industry? We're finally going to get to that. I'm going to talk to you about that. But first, I want to talk to you about Genucel. I love Genucel plant stem cell therapy. I've used it all over my face, under my eyes. It cleared up the dry flakiness and even reduced my forehead lines. Someone even asked if I had work done. No, 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 just Genucel. Thank you. That, my friends, is a testimonial from Samantha, who lives in Arcadia, California, raving about her transformative results. Genucel has sold over 1 million products to women and men across this great country of ours who love the results. We're talking fine lines, forehead wrinkles, dark spots, sanging jawline, and even those annoying bags and puffiness gone without risky procedures. And with Genucel's immediate effects product, you'll have guaranteed results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Now you can see the difference for yourself with 65% off their most popular packages at genucel.com slash Liz. Every most popular package includes a free month supply of the original Genucel under eye bags and puffiness treatment. Visit my URL, it's genucel.com slash Liz and enter promo code Liz at checkout for an extra special discount. Order today and get their summer essential, the dark spot corrector, absolutely free. Go to genucel.com slash Liz. It's spelled G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Liz, genucel.com slash Liz. So how did this happen? We, we frequently talk about what it is. This is an assault on reality. It's an assault on objective truth. It's an effort to redefine words, to alter reality, yes, but also to make the radical left authoritarians because if they become the arbiter of reality, the arbiter of objective truth, those who define words, then they have control over everything and everyone, which makes them authoritarians. That's what it is. It's also an assault on the nuclear family. It's an assault on traditional marriage because it's an assault on gender. You can't have the nuclear family without having traditional marriage between a man and a woman. You can't have that relationship between man and woman if there is no such thing as man and woman. So it's an assault on the nuclear family, which underpins our country. This is an assault on America. It's how the Marxists are trying to destroy us from within, to subvert us from within. And the motivations behind this are twofold. There is, of course, the ideological motivation. We've talked extensively on this show, you guys. We've talked about queer theory. We've talked about queer theory being the grandchild of critical theory, which is a Marxist theory. But are you telling me, and this is, this is what I've spent the last several days wrestling with, are you telling me that every single doctor and every single nurse at Boston Children's Hospital is a committed Marxist who is intentionally destroying gender, harming children to destroy marriage, to destroy the nuclear family, to subvert our country from within? I'm sorry, I don't believe that. I don't believe that every single doctor and every single nurse, every single medical provider is a committed Marxist. I just don't believe it. There has to be some other motivation besides Marxist ideology. What is it? Why would you sacrifice biology? Why would you sacrifice medicine? 
And more importantly, why aren't there any dissenters? Why aren't there any whistleblowers from within this hospital or others that do the same thing? Where are, where are all the people who think this is bananas? This led me to the answer. The answer, of course, is money. There aren't any dissenters or whistleblowers because they can't dissent. They can't blow the whistle because if they do, if they disagree with this ideology, then they will lose the money they rely on to operate. So where does this money come from? By the way, students are just going back to college right now, and which means that it's just about time for me to go on tour on college campuses. I speak on college campuses all over the country with the Young America's Foundation. If you want to bring me to your college campus this fall, go to yaf.org slash Liz. I promise that'll take you to my page, Liz Wheeler's page, not Liz Cheney's page like it used to <laughs> accidentally. yaf.org slash Liz and apply to bring me to your campus. You don't actually have to have a YAF chapter. You can invite me whether or not you are part of that group or not. Um, the crazier your, your campus, the more fun we have, yaf.org slash Liz. So where is this money coming from? This money that isn't just the ideology of queer theory, or let me rephrase that. It isn't just the committed Marxism that informs the behavior. It's the money that, that informs the behavior. Where is that money coming from? Well, interestingly, at Boston Children's, their list of donors, they are funded mostly by donations, right? One of their largest donors is the Walt Disney Company. LOL. Yeah, well, their ideology aligns. But here's the thing. It's not just the direct donations to this specific gender clinic. As I said at the beginning, there has to be a coordinated effort to disseminate this throughout the medical community because it wouldn't just organically catch fire. And we, we've seen how money plays into the bigger picture of how gender ideology is disseminated. Planned Parenthood, for example, funds and conducts sex education in public schools. This is where they indoctrinate youth in the transgender ideology, and then they profit by selling gender transing hormone therapy to young people after they've indoctrinated. And we see that, that profit loop. That's how it becomes, that's how it was disseminated in education. We've seen big pharma profit off of hormone therapy and surgical transitions, over a million dollars of profit for everyone who undergoes a transition. But what about these med schools? What about these institutions like Boston Children's Hospital? The answer to that is a family called the Pritzkers. You've probably heard of them. J.B. Pritzker is the governor of Illinois. He's a very close pal of Barack Obama. In fact, the, the, the Pritzkers are one of the richest families in the entire United States. They fly under the radar a little bit, even though they are also active in politics. The Pritzkers' money was an enormous contributing factor in the election of Barack Obama. Very, very powerful people behind the scenes. They're, they're, they're rich because they're actually the heirs to the Hyatt Hotel chain. That kind of rich. We're talking about mega billions rich. You also might remember... Um, in the Obama administration, the Secretary of Commerce, Penny Pritzker, yes, she's part of that same family. And you know how that always works. If a billionaire family gives money to help a candidate become elected as president, then a family member oftentimes gets a cushy role at a secretary level in that administration for influence. That's what's, that's what's happening here. So the Pritzkers have used their money to build an apparatus that forces queer theory onto medicine, into med schools specifically to train the new generation of doctors, but also 
also, oftentimes, these gender clinics are associated with hospitals that are associated with med schools. So it's this interconnected, this interconnected net of academic institutions where these ideas fester that are then disseminated into not only the doctors and nurses who are being trained by these medical schools, but also to the hospitals that rely on the donations from the very wealthy families to operate their hospital. And they can't push back on the ideology that comes with the money or else they'll lose the money. So the Priskers specifically, they make these enormous donations to hospitals and medical schools around the country. They actually have hospitals and medical schools that are named after them. So they are the largest primary donors. They are the lifeblood of these hospitals. They are given in return. They're given titles at the hospital, positions at the hospital, like figurehead type positions, but positions of influence because they control the purse strings. And suddenly these institutions begin propagating the transing of children. And then it spreads because the institutions that have been co-opted are leading institutions. What happens first at the University of Chicago Medical School is disseminated around the country because the University of Chicago Medical School is the hub of academic research in med school. So the Pritzkers, and this is not hypothetical, the University of Chicago School of Medicine, the Pritzkers gave $12 million to back in 1968, which is a lot of money now, is a real lot of money back then. But fast forward to 2002, the Pritzkers gave $30 million to the University of Chicago School of Medicine. This school of medicine is now named after the Pritzkers. This school of medicine, let me bring up the University of Chicago School of Medicine. Gender affirmation surgery. This is what they do at the University of Chicago. The University of Chicago Medicine is committed to providing the best possible care to transgender and gender nonconforming patients. We aim to align your identity with your physical characteristics by offering a full range of gender affirmation surgeries to help you achieve harmony. The University of Chicago medicine plastic surgeon Lawrence Gottlieb is internationally renowned for pioneering and perfecting phalloplasty techniques that are commonly used today. He has more than 30 years of experience performing these procedures. Our surgeons work as part of a multidisciplinary team of specialists in transgender care. We perform both bottom and top surgeries for transgender and gender nonconforming patients, including transmasculine and transfeminine procedures. Blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The University of Chicago School of Medicine treats patients. Well, treats patients might be the wrong phrase here. They inflict these surgeries on young people who are suffering from gender dysphoria. And this is largely funded by the Pritzkers. This is named after the Pritzkers. Similarly, at the University of California in Los Angeles, at the Ronald Reagan Medical Center, it doesn't bear the name of the Pritzkers, but it does do the work of the Pritzkers. In 2008, the Pritzkers gave tons and tons of money to this. They also, this is one of the institutions where they hold various titles. The Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology started advertising to young women how they can go through transing surgery to quote unquote, become men. They call this gender affirming care. These are two examples. So J.B. Pritzker is the governor of Illinois. He has a cousin who goes by Jennifer Pritzker, but Jennifer Pritzker was not born Jennifer Pritzker. Jennifer Pritzker was born James Pritzker. James Pritzker was a colonel in the Illinois Army National Guard, married, had three children. And then halfway through his life, he decided to trans and live as a woman 
called Jennifer. Jennifer Pritzker gives an enormous amount of money to medical schools and hospitals and institutions across the nation who invariably, upon acceptance of this money, start pushing the transing of young people. Jennifer Prisker founded an organization called the Tawani Foundation, which has given money to Howard Brown Health, Rush Memorial Medical Center in Chicago, the University of Arkansas Medical Science Foundation Fund, the University of Minnesota's Institute for Sexual and Gender Health, after which each and every one of these institutions started to advertise, quote unquote, gender care. Gender creative children is what these websites describe young people who they are trying to get as clients. The Pritzkers also gave money to the University of Minnesota National Center for Gender Spectrum Health. This is an organization that shows the ideology of Jennifer Pritzker and the Pritzker family because this institution rejects the idea that gender and sex are the same thing, which they are. You and I know that they are. They, this organization posits that gender is not only a spectrum, it's fluid and that it is, you are what you feel. Then we come back to this GEMS clinic at Boston Children's Hospital. The GEMS clinic is the first, this is how they describe themselves on their website, the first major program in the U.S. to focus on gender diverse and transgender adolescents. Since that time of their founding in 2007, they've expand, we've expanded our program to welcome patients from ages three to five. The first clinic of that type in the Midwest, the gen, it's called the Gender and Sex Development Program at Lurie's Children's Hospital. This opened in Chicago with a $1 million gift from the Pritzkers. This, by the way, doesn't even include, this is just how the Pritzkers have built this, this apparatus where they take their enormous amounts of money and they give it to hospitals and medical schools and gender clinics. And they essentially, I mean, they essentially buy them off, right? If you give this amount of money, then these, these places aren't going to question what you tell them to do or else they will risk losing the money. That's why there's no dissenters. That's why there's no whistleblowers. This money comes with strings attached. This is how they've infiltrated the medical industry, hospitals, and medical schools. But this doesn't even include how they've infiltrated the educational institutions, how they've infiltrated politics. J.B. Pritzker signed bills into law mandating radical sex ed in school. I'm talking radical gender theory being indoctrinated in little kids. The Pritzkers have given $25 million for early childhood education endeavors, which is how they've infiltrated education. They give money to med schools who risk losing the money if they don't surrender the science to this ideology. And it's all right here. You just have to look for it. This is what I found. The only question that I still have is why are these people doing this? Like, where is this coming from? Are the Pritzkers committed Marxists, all of them? Here's what I mean. Take George Soros as an example. We know what George Soros believes. He's told us. We know what his ideology is. We know what his goal is. We know why he spends money on certain different endeavors because it serves the political agenda that he's already told us that he embraces, whether that's open borders. 
mostly open borders, whether it's progressive prosecutors. We know we know who George Soros is. We know what his ideology is. We know why he does what he does. The same with the Clinton Foundation. The Clinton Foundation tries to be euphemistic about what they do. Oh, we help AIDS in Africa. Yeah, sure you do. That's what you call taking advantage of Haiti after the earthquake. But we know what the Clinton Foundation does because we've seen enough. We've seen enough slips of the tongue. We've heard Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton when they thought that no one else was listening, what they've said. We know what the Clinton Foundation does. We, and Bill Gates is another perfect example of this. He pretends that he's helping humanity, but he's told us what he's actually trying to do. He's told us about his weird social engineering agenda, how he wants to restructure the entire world. We understand what Bill Gates' agenda is. When he says, oh, I'm creating these vaccines, we know he wants to use it for population control. He told us. But what about the Pritzkers? We don't have that same information here on the Pritzkers. We don't have that, those same crazy quotes, those same moments of indiscretion where they admit what their agenda is. We don't have those same op-eds that we have from George Soros. We don't have the same words. So what motivates them? Jennifer Pritzker, Tranny Pritzker, obviously there's a personal aspect to that. This is a deluded individual who perhaps, I mean, maybe we shouldn't underestimate the power of the personal here. This person wants to buy validation for their own delusion. Maybe that's partially motivating, but the entire family has been co-opted by this. I'm sorry, that's not quite enough for me. There must be something else motivating. This is, this is, this is the question that still needs to be asked. We need to know why the Pritzkers are doing this. We need to know what the Pritzkers believe. And most importantly, we need to know what's coming next from the Pritzkers. They're an incredibly powerful, incredibly wealthy family who has constructed an apparatus using their immense wealth, buying off medical schools and hospitals and institutions that run gender clinics to push the transgender ideology, not just in the philosophical, ideological form, but in the practical form on young people. Adolescents, youth, all the way down to two and three years old, and this is evil. We'll keep looking. Thanks for watching today. Thanks for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.